Thanks for joining me on episode 1325 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Guangming Whitley. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to build the skills to last a lifetime is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mader. The rituals and the discipline and the worship is to help us find it, but it comes from outside of us. It comes when He breathes on them. He breathes on you. And He reaches out to you and you receive it in love. That is the moment of breath that can bring fire and peace. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's Spiritual Foundation episode, I talk with you about Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. I share how we are called to recognize the breath that builds us up, and I also share how all breath can call on the peace of God. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21 says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Figria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and all parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord 
shall be saved. Now, I'm going to compare and contrast a little bit during this part of the message. This is referencing Pentecost, and last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And when you look at Acts, the lectionary has John as the gospel text for this week. And John also describes a Pentecost moment, just like Acts does here. But yet these two different descriptions are like two sides of a story. They're varied, and yet there's something that sometimes we need those sorts of differences and retellings of the experience. We need to be able to look at it more than one way. Often the Spirit comes and it it exuberantly overwhelms us. We have these glorious high times, these moments where we're set on fire and we are shouting in languages we don't really know or understand. And then there are other times where joy spills from us and laughter pours from us and we can't help but be carried away by the wonder and the glory of God. I encourage you to go back and listen again to my reading of Acts 2 and read it yourself. It's probably a familiar story to most of you and seems somewhat tame given the distance of over 2,000 years. But try for a moment to picture yourself in that room. Remember the despair and the fear that was soaking through and how everyone was feeling empty and gripped with worry because... Jesus was gone, and they were no longer going to have that presence among them. They had a taste of life, of living fully, and now it has been taken from them. Maybe they avoided eye contact with others. They were worried about being consumed and sucked down into that moment. And you can imagine the grief that they felt every moment that they breathed. And then... The sound shook and woke them up, brought them out of their stupor. It sounded like a freight train. Of course, they wouldn't have known what a freight train was, but it sounded like this desert windstorm, this blasting of sound and wind. And yet, it wasn't necessarily an angry sound or a scary sound, but rather, in that sound, they, they felt and heard hope. A wind blew through like hope began to raise them out of their despair. They were there beginning to maybe dry their tears and recognize that something was changing, that there was something there to begin to bear them up with grace and fire. Remember that fire, the fire that you feel in your bones. In Acts, it talks about divided tongues as a fire that settled each of them. Divided here is not about separation. Instead, it's about inclusion. It's about these tongues reaching out to each of us and binding us together to make us as one. It was about creating a corporate community out of a bunch of individuals. They began to speak as if as one. This fire was not destroying or tearing apart, but rather building them up. Now, Pentecost was originally a festival at the end of the growing season at the time of the first harvest. It was a a harvest festival. And then later they began to celebrate it as the commemoration of Cana being given to the people of Israel. And then later it was in observance of 
the Lord giving the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. So these moments were all important times of celebration, but not major celebrations. And yet here at this minor celebration, there's this huge power that's unleashed that day and caught everyone, including the disciples, by surprise. It came in like a violent wind. It was fire. It was power. It was chaos. It was noise. It was meaning. It was hope. It was the power of the love of Christ. And that seems to be what Pentecost is all about. It's about a milestone of power and transformation. It's about the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's about all of that lifts us up. And yet, sometimes we have that call, and yet it's hard to rise ourselves up to that occasion. Sometimes we don't feel like we've been set apart on fire. And instead, the breath within us doesn't feel like a mighty wind, but maybe just a sigh of pain or sadness or grief or uncertainty or fear not a even a gust but a sigh don't act don't feel and fake like you've got a fire within when what you're feeling is a sigh because that too can be the breath of god a sigh is a breath it is a moment that we can feel maybe it's more weariness than exasperation. Maybe even within the sigh, you may have a feeling of a little contentment. Maybe that feeling could even exist there. It often feels like it's out of reach, but like it's waiting for that one next thing. Maybe if I get this job or get this amount of money or get this activity or do this or do that or this other thing, then it will come. But contentment isn't a word that's really about arriving anywhere. Sometimes it's about that feeling that we have inside ourselves. That gospel reading that I were mentioned earlier, John chapter 14 says, Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the words that you hear is not mine, but it is from the father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. And then picking up in John 20, it says, as a different version of the Pentecost story, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides, and then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Peace I leave with you. Peace be with you. It shows up over and over again. They sound the same. Peace I leave with you. Peace be with you. Except 
one of those was said while Jesus was alive, and the other was said after his death, one right before his death and one right after. The thing that separates them is the last breath. He breathed his last, and Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That moment of agony, that is the breath. And you can sigh. And yet, that wasn't really the last breath, because peace be with you. He breathed on them after. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive this Spirit, and in that breath there is peace. And sometimes, giving me peace, breathe on me, Lord, is all we can call for, because peace isn't the thing that resolves every issue. It doesn't necessarily fix everything that is broken or remove responsibility or covenant or question or doubt, but instead, that peace can give us the chance to continue on the journey, to work towards resolution, to find grace and love in the moment, to mend the broken relationships. Peace is there to help cast out fear and perfect us in love. And this peace does not come from us. It doesn't come from ritual or action. Yes, those things are important, sacraments and moments of prayer and meditation and all of these things, but this peace comes from beyond us. The rituals and the discipline and the worship is to help us find it, but it comes from outside of us. It comes when he breathes on them. He breathes on you. And he reaches out to you and you receive it in love. That is the moment of breath that can bring fire and peace. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Go over to facebook.com slash inspired stewardship and like our Facebook page and mark it that you'd like to get notifications from us so that we can connect with you on Facebook and make sure that we're serving you to the best of our abilities with time and tips there. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.